Say that podcast for your big questions, your real answers. I'm your host, Matt King, here in Chicago. Join me here to put the show, the president of Mission USA. I've already had enough. It's fair. Also join us, Jed Brewer, director of Mission USA Productions. And yet, this is the season of so much more, Glenn. So much more. Make it stop. Joining us all the way from Rutgers, Tennessee, a man who has just had many, many adolescents invade his home and is now joining us, a crew that will almost certainly be worse behaved than they were when the pastor <laughs> crashed me to church, Lee Younger. Here's the thing I appreciate about appreciate about you three guys, though you're not as loud. As they are. Okay. That's definitely true. Well, speaking of the youth and uh-huh. the role we have in molding them, yeah. Glenn, I believe you have a very special shout out. We have a shout out to you. I don't. I don't know think that's to... why anybody says it. Well, the my understanding is you should shout when you give a shout out. Right? Sure, that's the. Sure. I think that's what it means. But... Okay, so uh, we have a shout out. To Miss Claire, mm. listening in Minnesota. Woo! Miss Claire is a super fan. Indeed. And she is the sister of our intern, Miss Leah. Oh, yeah. And uh, who is herself a super fan. Quite. And it's basically a whole family of super fans there. Wow. Yes. And so, uh, you know... Uh, what I Miss Leah said, well, could you please, 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 please mention her name on mm. the show? And I was like, you know, I don't know. We try and run a pretty professional operation, <laughs> yeah. yeah, on this deal. And and then Leah said, well, if you do, I guarantee you, she will make you cookies. Ooh. And Dude. I said, like, well, now is this something Leah said or something you assumed she said? What heard I'm in your getting, mind, and you're now trying to speak into existence. This is what you call in the professional news game a reenactment. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the facts and places and names have been altered. Okay. I, feel like we should, I feel like we should bring in a Taiwanese podcast, really. Right, right. Yeah, animated. Yeah, animations, yeah. yeah. But all I'm saying is there was a, a rock-solid guarantee... Of cookies. Of cookies based on the mention. So, wow. Uh, uh, P.O. Box 316, Forest Park, Illinois, 60130. Now, Glenn, you held up your end of the bargain. I've done my part. I So, you know what? Jesus is watching. <laughs> no doubt. And if you're a, a youth out there who's going to be attending uh, college in the greater Chicagoland area, maybe Wheaton College, and would like to be a Mission USA intern, uh, we... It's uh, hard work in yep. terrible neighborhoods yep. through bad weather. Yep. We're not going to pay you anything, right. but we will promise to extort baked goods <laughs> out of your family on the internet. That's wow. right. As that's... payment for your many hours of hard and good work. A special bonus. Yes. That's how we communicate love. That's our love language that's is extortion. Right. That's right. <laughs> and baked goods. Yes. And baked goods. But really more the extortion. Well, yeah. I think that's... Okay, so we've handled all extorting of confectionery business. Yep. Yeah. For now. For, For now. now. I For mean, now. like, you know, There could just, be more later. Yeah. So, friends, uh, look, it's almost the end of the year. It's been a minute. And I have to say, okay. before we drop all the wisdom, I have an absolute emergency. Oh, my goodness. It's an emergency. An emergency? An absolute absolute emergency. is in the vodka? <laughs> Whoa, Matt. Matt. That's right. <laughs> a little judgmental. They're not, there. they're not, here's the thing. They're not shocked about me mentioning booze. They're shocked about me mentioning something that's reasonably high end. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got a text message from our friend Jake Livengood, who uh, is a, uh, has been a fan of the show for quite some time. 
And out of nowhere, Jake Go texts Mavs. me and says, dude, you need to Google man medals. Okay. Man Which normally, a text message like that, that goes straight to the trash can. There's no, yes. I'm not Googling yeah. something called man Spam metals. filter. Yeah. yeah. And he said, I just saw it on Shark Tank. This is the text. But it's basically real life, tangible husband points. Ooh. Oh, okay. What you're saying is someone ripped off our idea. <laughs> We've been robbed. Robbed. Yeah. Yeah, We've I didn't see the episode of Shark Tank, so I don't know if it made any actual money. Okay. But Jake went on. He did. First of all, th- this needs to be said. Jake did not even mention how your feelings, Glenn, would be hurt by the ripping off of your idea. Obviously, for, for husband points. But he did suggest, in a very callous way, not mentioning your hurt feelings, that the next time we go to Chicago. We should actually get some and bring them for you when we visit ah, the bridge. Ah, I see. Well, first of all, I think we need to alert our uh, team of Say That lawyers. Sure, Say That Legal. They're vicious. They're too busy working on all the extortion cases. Yeah, oh. they're, they're, they're pretty booked. That was not good okay. strategy on our part. We should have done yeah. this in the opposite order. Yeah. So, uh, first of all, ripped off. Yes. Second of all, you know what this is? Tell me. We we get the amazing wisdom on yep, the show. Yep. People think I'm just going to use that. Yeah, yeah. That's not what it's for. No, you got to pay royalties, yo. Yeah, I yeah. mean, you know, so that's just you know that's not fair. Yeah, I mean, like you're you're there in like a sensitive moment. You're talking yeah. with someone, you know, and and you know you you share an important bit of wisdom, and they've got tears in their eyes. Like, wow, that makes so much sense. I feel so much better. And you go trademark say that corp. Right. Does it ruin no the moment? Yes, yeah. but it is legally Whatever. required. That's yeah. right. You know, I mean, this branding is... doesn't do itself. No. So I find myself on themanmetals.com. Oh, no. We want to make sure we get the right website here. I don't know what manmetals.com is, but at your own risk. You'll find the out. The Man Metals, all in word, is the website of this particular uh, institution. And it is, it is literally basically what I can see uh, pogs with little. Um, patronizing things written on them that you get a medal for and they sell from anywhere from two to five dollars each and i'm gonna i'm gonna share some of the um i believe maybe if we're, if we're looking as we move on and try to get our ideas in the marketplace i think we're not being patronizing enough okay hit me mm, wow. i think we can do better i mean share you some of these and so they all have little um little illustrations on them one is a pair of tidy whities uh, and no. it has written above it I picked my dirty clothes up. Come on. What? Wow. And you, a grown woman, are supposed to give your husband a tangible reward of okay. having done that. Let me just say this. I'm not that bad, and I'm terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If, 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 I if, picked if, my own clothes up. Yeah, if it's... If not, it's did the, not did the laundry. Right. We're not anywhere near laundry yet. Just picked right. them up. We can't I, even yeah. see laundry from where we're standing. This is just saying. picked up the dirties. Somebody, yeah, somebody might need to check the biblicality on this, but I think it's time to hand out beatings. Yeah, sure, no, no. If you if you don't, have well, then the... there's one where they clearly have just ripped us off straight up, which is I took the garbage out. Yeah, come on, yeah, which is fine. Then we get to, um, I put the toilet paper roll on. Okay. Uh, yeah. Apparently, w- look, and I I think that we can have some sympathy for the the women of the world here. Obviously, who have to deal with. We need uh, to give a lot more. Sympathy. Apparently, what uh. Because we talk a lot on the show about you know having the high standards and being right. picky, um, not just walking around in your own filth. 
<laughs> understand. That's not. We need to make the bar higher. If your man, rather than putting on a new toilet roll, is using a hand towel <laughs> to clean <laughs> or, himself, or and one of the worst moves of all time, just taking the new toilet paper roll and setting it on top, yeah. of the used one. Yeah. Now, I mean, for example, if you come home and he's, you know, uh. Uh, uh, just like a, you know how you see the bears sure. with the tree where they're going yeah. up and down, rub, it, but yeah. instead it's the curtains. Yeah. I mean sure. that's bad. That's, you know, yes. scooching himself along the carpet, these type of things. <laughs> this is what I'm saying is, you need to find a new man. Or yeah. if he, if he's trying to combine metals, you know, like I'm not quite at the replacing the toilet paper, but I picked up the dirty clothes to use as toilet, as toilet paper. paper. Yes. Yeah, that's you know. That, here's the here's now. the thing that's disturbing to me about this is that in in our uh, athletic tradition, you know, the Olympics and different, you know, world championships and stuff like that, we award medals, you know, in the military, things like that. Medals get awarded when people complete, you know, unbelievable acts of brave, bravery, right. courage, valor, or right. just just athletic supremacy, right? Right, right. And we're talking about this brother gets a medal for picking up his draws. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's right out. Yeah, we've got I Asked for Directions. Which yeah. is a joke premise from the seventies. Yeah, yeah. You have a GPS in your phone. That's, That's right. right. We have. I put the toilet seat down. Mm-hmm. Okay. And here's the thing. I don't know anything about being married. I'm not married, but I know enough married men to know hey, that's not a negotiable. Yeah. Well, look, your wife will end you if you leave that toilet seat up. The, 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 you know what? I'm going to go the other way on this. One. Really? This, here's how I'm going to do it. Okay. You're living with a man now. Yeah. Come into the bathroom. Assess the situation. Is that how things work in your house? Well, you know, you know. <laughs> is it going to is it, is it go well for you when let, your wife hears this podcast? Let me, let me just say this as Meetings. a fact. Uh, let me say this as a fact. Separate bathrooms has saved this marriage. <laughs> that was the biggest yeah. pain point on this marriage was having also the same bathroom. not a bit for the show. I've heard get Glenn give that as real marriage advice. That's get separate bathrooms as fast as possible. That's where you got to, that's the sacred space. When I announce I'm going to the bathroom, there's not even knocking on doors. There's yeah. there's no conversation. It's, that's the that's sanctum. sanctuary, man. That's the sanctum sanctorum right there. Yeah, it's good. It's very topical. Yeah, that's right. And th- now we get the, the height of this whole thing. Man metal. This one, the rest of them are marked down $5 to $2. So I don't think things are going great over there at the manmetals.com. Right. Yeah. But this one's still full price. It's the only one on the page that's still full price. Came coming home to be a daddy. Wow, that's just sad. And these are your children as well, friend. You don't get a literal <laughs> medal. Uh, yeah, that's. Yeah. Here's what I'm saying. Okay, there's several things wrong with this, but here commercialization. But the here's the the thing. Commerce. Yeah. Uh, Everybody loves commerce. Supply okay. demand. Uh, whatever have you. Here's what I'm saying. Is this is this is a misunderstanding of the husband husband point system? Yes, the husband point system is designed so that you don't die. Yes, right. <laughs> if you get to zero points, yes. death will it's occur. It's like the video. It's game, not right? a reward system. Yes, it's it's like uh, your health bar on the video game. Yeah, yeah exactly. exactly. Right. See, see a hit point. You're in the red. Yeah, you you you. This is what it happens, and like your heart starts beating faster yeah. when it gets lower yeah. down to the thing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So the music the, speeds up. This is what I'm saying. <laughs> So you have to keep the points going. That it's not incentive. It's not yeah. like like yay. It's not a reward. Yes. That you because you're doing stuff you're supposed to do. Yes. The thing is, you do enough things you're supposed to do 
to keep this woman from you murdering know, you. Yes. Yeah. So that's we have to. We have to refocus our focus. Well, you're here. absolutely right. Here's here's another just as long as we're uh, picking nits with this particular product line. Right. Uh, you know, we got the the literal little metals, and you you you, know, you picked up your 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 own underwear right. and put it in the hamper like a big boy. Right. The, I'm not talking about the children. You apparently get points for coming home to father. <laughs> I'm talking to you. Right. Right. So I hand right. you this. What happens the next time he doesn't do that? Wow. Right. Is there a revoking of the man medals? Well, yeah. You've been are... stripped of your medals. There's like a real dramatic scene. Exactly. Epaulettes ripped right off. Yeah. And even, uh, but if nothing else, that's just bad uh, marketing. Right. Because then you only need the one medal. That's it's right. It's swapping yeah. back and forth. Right, right, right. You're like right. a tote board or something. Right. Well, to Glenn's point, you know, with the with the fellows, you know, we, we work with these hardcore, you know, tough, big tattooed gangbangers. And and here's the thing about what you're saying when the husband points and when they get too low, you die. Right. Is you got these guys to be big and tough, and I'm the man of the house, and you know, woo woo woo, and I tell you, blah blah blah, and that can work with their lady for a minute. And then yes. one day, there's something funny tasting in the breakfast cereal. That's right. And they're spending the next 36 hours having their stomach pumped. Well, all of us have worked at the jailhouse with the ladies as well. Yep. And that's exactly what happened with basically every single one of them. Yeah. That dude said one thing too many. Yeah. And then he was just gone. How you like that, Captain Crunch? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Taste anything special in there? <laughs> that's what I'm saying. When you do that for a living, you yeah. have a very clear sense of there's a limit. Mind your P's and Q's. Every woman has a limit. You don't want to hit it, so behave yourself. Husband points. Husband points. That's right. It's it's not adorable. It's a no. necessity of life. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Also, secondary emergency. Ooh, that's okay. always exciting. I'm wearing a shirt today. Okay. It's is you that different do. than normal? It was well, a lot of yeah, topless Glenn going on. We did, it, Glenn like did have company earlier. Well, yeah. Sun's out, gun's out. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the sun is not out. Okay. <laughs> it's December in Chicago. The sun is in no way, shape, or it's, form out. It's zero degrees right now. That means there is no weather. People That's ask, right. what's the weather outside? There Nothing. isn't any. There's no, no weather. But I'm wearing what you call a smart flannel. Okay. A, here's crisis number one. Nobody knows. Mm. Does smart flannel mean it connects via Bluetooth to your phone? It means, as you well know, that it's wicking. Oh, okay. And wicking, if your shirt isn't wicking, forget it. Wicking like like Wikipedia? So it's a smart shirt in that it connects wirelessly to Wikipedia and can get you like. It's like Wikipedia in that many people for free sewed it together. Here's what that I'm got saying. really dark all of a sudden. I'm gonna I didn't explain, actually mean it that way, but yeah. I'm going to explain wicking to you, Rubes. Okay. And you, Hayseeds. The way it works is that every couple of days, your shirt announces to you, you know, if you gave $2 right now and everybody gave $2 right now, this shirt would be paid for. You want to give $2 right now? It's just like that. That's how that's how wicking works. That's my understanding. No. Okay. Was it, this shirt made by Keanu Reeves, therefore it is John Wicking? No. That's very good. It's wicking away moisture. Okay. Well, you two sit in puddles of your own sweat. <laughs> okay. Fair. Okay. Okay. And you could the least you could do is to say, "Wow, that's an amazing shirt." Yeah. But neither of you did. Sure. So forget about it. Right. You know we can't I, we can't d- see the wicking. I'm 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 excluding uh, Lee because he's he he's on in in Tennessee. But the you two. Are you willing to are you willing to give me a shot at redemption? Please. Why, Glenn, you seem less moist than usual. 
You asked for this. <laughs> you brought this on yourself. You know what? At least you made an effort. It's a fair <laughs> point. It's a very, very fair point. I'll give you a husband man medal for that. <laughs> we, need, we, need, we need to get wow. boss points involved here. Yes. Boss points. That's good. Well, uh, I think we've got it figured out. I think we're going to call a uh, man medal husband point emergency off. No mm, doubt about it. Until the lawsuit happens. That's right. And I'm sure assuming, I'm of course referring to Glenn uh, suing Jed and I for not appreciating. That's exactly right. right. That's, that's our greatest crime. That's yeah. uh, 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 causing strife. Yes. And uh, what do you call it? Severe mental. Severe uh, emotional distress. Yeah. Yes. Trepidation. Yes. That's legal, isn't it? That sounds like so. it. Severe trepidation. Yes. Misdemeanor trepidation. <laughs> Yes, class X. Right. Yeah. Trepidation. That's right. Yeah. That's all very, very good. Now, we're going to keep cranking out the good ideas, and we don't really understand how trademarking works. No, so odds are they're going to keep getting ripped off. I think you just yell trademark <laughs> after you say something. <laughs> you just draw a TM in the air. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what we're trying now. I've been, we've been led to believe that doesn't work. So it, it, stands, it stands to reason that a good number of these ideas are going to get ripped off where we can make men, any money off them. Right. But so far, nobody's nobody's had the guts to try Bridgebox. Mm. Now, is that because nobody else really has the, the Jed Brewer, Lee Younger skills to put together that much music a month? Possibly. It's because no one has their own awesome worship service they founded where they get to preach on these topics every month like Glenn did? Probably. Not a lot of people want to put in that amount of legwork. I don't think That's the right. man metals guys really yeah. have that kind of vision, to be yeah. entirely honest. Mm. But we're going to keep putting out Bridgebox well into the new year. and helps us hire part-time employees and do some other good stuff for the ministry here. And if you want to get on board, uh, 2017's a great time to do it. No doubt. Just a little Christmas gift for you. That's right. Only $8 a month. You child it out at missionusa.com slash Bridgebox. If you head on over there, even if you don't sign up, you can get some free uh, downloadable goodies, music, and sermons and stuff to kind of check it out. We hope you will join us. It is the number one way people can support the show, support the ministry, and what we're doing. It is a great help to us, and we love our Bridgebox subscribers. Missionusa.com slash Bridgebox. All right, we're going to jump to our first question here. If you hang with us all the way to the end, I'll give you the ways you can get in touch with us. This question comes in anonymously to our Tumblr inbox, and it says... What would you say to someone who hates the commercialization of Christmas in the church? <laughs> he does not attend any church services after Thanksgiving and does not like that church has become a, quote, showcase of people instead of about worshiping God. Jesus never commanded us to celebrate Christmas, but instead only instituted the Lord's Supper. And we're only supposed to remember his death and resurrection, not his birth. I have a vision for what denomination this person is based on only supposed to focus on the brutal, torturous death part. Yep. He looks down on other people who do celebrate Christmas as being weak Christians. All right, Glenn, there's a lot going on there. Yeah. Uh, what do we do? Both, we can we can handle the Christmas thing, but when somebody is being this kind of um, trying to tell other people how to do the Christianity thing in church, yeah. how do we deal with these kind of people? Well, I think first and foremost... Just uh, to be clear, every church has got a few. Oh, yes, yeah. Uh, first, uh, uh, full disclosure, uh, there is very few things in the world that I despise worse than Christmas. Sure. Sure. So there's that. Well, and to be clear on that, you don't yes. mean the celebration of the birth of Christ. You mean right. the season of festivity right. that is the month of December. That's correct. Uh, particularly Christmas music is the least enjoyable thing that I experience in life. Sure. So I get that. I'm that, I'm that guy. Sure. Okay. Um, 
But you yeah. don't think that you have a, a theologically astute point in that. No, I'm an awful person. Yeah. That's <laughs> the reason why. <laughs> That's called being grumpy. That's right. Um, uh, it's also sort of, a, 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 I think, a, an important fact, and we might be getting closer to the heart of this, uh, to recognize that essentially uh, between Thanksgiving and New Year's every year, a significant portion of the population just straight up loses their mind. Yeah, the amount of misbehavior goes up dramatically, man. Yeah, yep. I mean, it's if you're in a, a healing profession like ours, where you're 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 doing counseling and working with people, it, it's just one half has lost their complete mind, and they're taken down the other half. Yep, and we can't wait for it to be over. So it it becomes kind of a lot of extra work for for us, and it's all sort of unnecessary nonsense. And so that does get in your in your head a bit. Uh, so I get that if that's part of what's going on here. Uh, you, you're right theologically, sort of, in what you're saying here. I mean, the broad strokes, yeah. But I wonder if that's the real reason. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the, the, the actual underlying reason uh, 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 for a lot of people to dislike Christmas, and, and I think I you can count me somewhere amongst this group, is that if you didn't have a great Christmas Growing up, if your yep. family wasn't good people, they weren't, you know, good so These teacher. are not happy memories for you. These are not happy memories. And I don't necessarily want you to rub in how happy you are mm-hmm. to me off of that, you know. So if you, if, you know, if you're sort of a, a, a somewhat obese person and your friend is a supermodel, if you want to be a good friend to that obese person, you don't say, Here's the trophy that I got for being the world's skinniest supermodel. They they measured my my facial features and they're perfectly symmetric. They gave right. me this man medal because of it. Right, exactly. <laughs> it's you know, you just you just hold that inside. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, but there's a there's another element to this thing uh, that he's kind of pointing to, which is what does this do in church? Now, again, I think there's two different ways of looking at this. One is uh, that. There's a lot of just straight-up nonsense that happens in church around Christmas yeah. in certain churches. Sure. Uh, and We have a live goat. We're bringing what, in live goats. Let me tell you, if you, if you go to a church that brings a live animal <laughs> inside that church sanctuary, you need to really start praying about your life choices. You missed a moment way back there to reconsider being in this kind of place. Okay. We have a good uh, a buddy of ours who, is t- who goes to, an, it, God help us all, an inner city church that decided to bring in a live nativity scene. Yeah. And they didn't get the premium animals, you know. It was clearly a petting zoo scenario that has been. Real, actual goats. Brought the goats in. Not entirely kosher, but who cares? There's a goat. And that goat took a profound defecation right on the old sanctuary altar. <laughs> and, dude. Merry Christmas. You didn't see this coming. Don't think about the I metaphor. Mean, how? Yeah, exactly right. So uh, I think, yes, you're, if you're looking at that kind of stuff and you have disgust and outrage, that's appropriate. But I think part of what I'm hearing here is I'm on this for real, and then these other people just come in once a year on this stuff, and that feels fake. Right. Okay. Here's the thing. That's getting us into territory of judging other people. Yeah. We don't want right. to do that. Um, uh, uh, it's easy. Uh, uh, it's, it's, 
it's easy for any of us to look around and say, I'm the legit one, these other people are the fake ones. That's, that's, that's too easy for us to do. We can all kind of put ourselves in categories. But here's what I think is the actual problem. And I, I think it might just help to, to tell your, your boyfriend in this case that it, it's not that he's wrong, uh, but that he's focused on the wrong problem. And I think the, the, the right thing to focus on is the lack of respect that we have within the church. Mm. You know, there's a, there's a big move, uh, particularly within white churches, to put everybody on the same level. We're all equally saved. Everyone's calling is equally important, so that's, we're all the same. But the, the reality is some of us are much further along than, in the Lord than others, and that needs to be understood, that needs to be respected, so that we can learn from those people and, and show them the proper respect. When you don't have that, you have a system where everyone judges everybody. Mm-hmm. And everyone says, I'm down and he's not. And I, he does this sin and I don't do it. So that's whatever. So I think that might be the real root of the problem and maybe something more important to focus on rather than uh, you know some of this stuff that's, that's a little too facile. Mm. Oh, you're absolutely right. And Lee, if I could uh, go to you here, I think uh, Lee, I think Glenn definitely, definitely puts his finger on what's going on here, which is there's nobody's this mad about Christmas. Because if they were, it would be Glenn. Yes. That's right. Glenn's not this mad about Christmas. That's right. So <laughs> there's true. something going on here about what Christmas represents. I think Glenn has a very uh, strong lead with that idea. Um, the other thing on this is, this sounds like the kind of person who really likes church and it being their church and then being the churchiest church or in church. Right. And then there's this whole season that's like, there's a thing going on at church that I don't really like. And normally church is for me. And that's fine. And actually, I think I can speak for all four of us in the show and saying there's times when that happens to us. This is clearly, I mean, the three of us up here do the bridge service. That's really not for us. Right. We love it, but it's not aimed at us. And, you know, when Lee puts on a service for, you know, high school kids or college kids, it's, you know, he's further along than they are. As mm-hmm. Glenn mentioned mm-hmm. Lawrence, it's not really for him, but that's, that's fine. That's, we know those things need to exist. But when you get into this idea of, Everybody else needs to be on my level. That's not strong. That's not strength in the Lord. That's yeah. almost kind of the opposite. So, w- what is the way people react to these kind of things? That they're being so, so angry about something in church not being for them. What does that reveal to us, and how can we address that in a sensitive way? Um, yeah, I think it's a great question. I think there's a couple of possibilities. One is that you've got some hang up because of something that happened at some point. You know, um, I know for me, the church that I grew up in, I had, uh, I, I came out of there with a whole lot of hangups about church stuff. And because there was a whole lot of uncoolness, there was a whole lot of misbehavior. I, I came out of there, uh, you know, really having a disdain for the Bible because they literally put us in competition with each other to memorize the Bible and memorize, you know, who could find passages in the Bible the fastest. And it was a competition where people got rewards and trophies, medals, if you will. And, uh, you know, I came out of there with a lot of kind of, uh, like, I want to distance myself as far from this as possible. So it could be that there's something going on where something happened, you know, and you need to kind of look back and figure out, what is my deal with Christmas? What, what is my absolute distaste with, you know, with Christmas? Why am I dis- distancing myself so much from this? Another issue, though, is exactly kind of what you're putting your finger on, Matt, with this, which is this idea of, you know, church is this thing, and it has to be exactly this. And if it's not this, then it's wrong, and everybody is weak, and we need to raise the level, and everybody needs to get on my level where I am. And here's the thing about that for church. There is a whole huge sense—I mean, I'm a pastor of a church, and 
There's a sense of which um, if you come in the doors of our church, our goal is to serve you. But as you come and become part of our church, there needs to be a place where you have a goal of serving other people there, where you have a goal right. of being there for people, mm-hmm. um, where you know people in that building, they have struggles, they have problems, they have questions, they have doubts. Uh, there are going to be people who walk in the doors who are, they are one, they're one bad you know, look away from turning and sprinting back out of those doors because they are absolutely positive that no one wants them there mm-hmm. and that they are not good enough Christians to be in that place. And so if the attitude that we have towards people is, this is not liturgical enough, or this is not Christian enough, or this liturgy is wrong, or whatever, these people are wrong because of the way they're doing this. If our attitude is the people who are doing this are doing it wrong, they're worshiping Jesus in the wrong way, that is not the kind of spirit that we want to have when we're um, being the body of Christ for people. I mean, you go to church to be served, but at a certain point you go to serve people. You go to church to receive, but at a certain point you go to give. Um, and, and I mean, you know, like, like Glenn's saying, theologically, you know, the, the you know the line of your theology on, of this person's theology on this thing. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say there's no exact verse where Jesus said you must celebrate my birth. But it's kind of, if you just read the Bible, like, not like read commentaries and theological books about it. If you just read the book, one thing that you would find is the whole book up until the birth of Jesus riddled with prophecies about the birth of Jesus. Um, And then in the Gospels, you would find very detailed stuff about the birth of Jesus. And then for the rest of the book, I mean, this this was a part of it, that God became man. You know that we we celebrate this, and if and if God's people are celebrating something, our job as you know, if we're going to church with them, is to rejoice with those who rejoice. So I think we have either we've got some kind of funky thing that happened in our past that we're not dealing with, or we just have a fundamental misunderstanding of what it means to be the body of Christ for people, what it means to to be a part of a church where we want to accept people that are at all levels of this walk. Like Glenn's saying, there are people that are farther ahead than other folks. There are people who are just starting out. There are people who are walking in the door for the very first time. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a high school kid who, who met Jesus at a young life camp and he started going to our church and we started doing some Christmas stuff a few months after he, the very first time he'd ever been into a church. And he leaned over to, uh, he leaned over to the, one of the young life leaders that he was there with. And he said, Hey, um, I feel super embarrassed for asking this, but like the Christmas story, like where everybody talks about the baby Jesus and the thing, is that like, because his only experience with the baby Jesus was the Talladega Nights scene where they pray to the six pound, eight ounce baby Jesus. He was right. like, that whole thing, is that in the Bible? And, and we're saying, absolutely. Yeah. Let me show you where it is. He's like, oh, for real? Like you can actually find that. Yeah. Here's where it is. You can read the whole thing. This is what happened with the shepherds and the angels and the thing. You know, and the last thing that you want to do is take somebody at the very front of their walk with Jesus, make them feel like they're doing it wrong. And that's a person that's going to want to turn and bolt. We've got people at every level. We want to be accepting. We want to rejoice with those who rejoice. We want to bring people up. And that's part of what church is about. That's all really good stuff. Jed, I'll get you to close us out here. And both both Glenn and Lee have kind of talked to the underlying issues here, which is almost all underlying issues. Um, then there's, I think we need to look at the the actual 
how to deal with these people. Maybe we have people listening who are in leadership or in a small group, or whatever. And if you run across someone who's just cranky, there's, I think we're running against the very important difference of having a feeling and having a point. Yep. And it's important to know which one of these a person has to know how we react to it. As Lee's yep. mentioning there, there's uh, both Glenn and Lee mentioned there's some some realities of the uh, kind of the theology here that are fine, but then there's stuff like you know we should only celebrate the death and resurrection because of the Last Supper. Well, Jesus breaks the bread and says, you know, take the, take this Eucharist in remembrance of me. Yeah. Actually, doesn't say in remembrance of my death and resurrection because it hasn't happened yet. It said me. So you could make the argument that the birth, as Lee's pointed out, there's a lot of scripture about all that stuff. But if someone isn't arguing their point, they're expressing their feeling, mm-hmm. then that's going to become a problem. So how do we how do we kind of identify those? That's a great question. Let's, whenever we have stuff like this, it's always good to see if we can look at a parallel situation and kind of get some insights based on that. So I will give you one. Uh, and this is one from my own life, and that is I don't like the Olympics. And right. I'm wrong about that. Yeah. Here's why I don't like the Olympics, because athletes were jerks to me when I was a kid. Mm. Okay. So screw those guys. Right. I, you don't like me, I don't like you, and I don't like your thing. Right. Leave me out of it. I, right. I hate the Olympics. Right. Okay. Now, here's the question. Do I have a point? No. Right. I super don't have... I can make you a bunch of really jerky arguments on why the Olympics is terrible. resources. Have you seen what it does to cities after it meets there? It's terrible. (laughs) I mean, I I can do that, but come on, dude. You know, do I have a point there? No, I don't have have a point. But this is the key thing. Can we be sympathetic about it anyway? Yeah, Yeah, we can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and actually, we, we should, because I experienced something hurtful. I am trying to, to grieve that, perhaps not in the most direct or, or immediate way, but I'm you right. know I'm trying to grieve that. That deserves sympathy. Is this actually about the Olympics? Not even a little bit. Right. It's about people were a jerk to me when I was a kid. They happened to be people who were involved in athletics. Right. Here's here's how that relates here is if we're Matt, as you asked, if we're in some kind of leadership position, you're gonna have people come to you and say, I don't like this thing. Well, sometimes there there are strategic reasons why they don't like it. You know, when when we put the welcome table here, it creates a queuing problem. We should put it over here. That's fine. Other problems are, I don't like this because it's a jerk. Well, you know, tell me more, Conrad. Right. And when we find that actually people are just in in, in some sense in a grieving process in dealing with kind of issues in in their own lives, then what we can do is, A, we, we don't actually want to get involved in arguing out the points because there aren't any right. right i mean if i if i tell someone you know i really don't like the olympics the wrong response would be for us to have a, a an extended conversation about the effect on the municipal economy <laughs> right. after the yeah. olympics have been there yeah that, that's yeah, yeah. that's not the point or the, interneting as it's known interneting exactly um actually you know the, the, the right way is you know tell you know tell me who hurt you man right. and tell me you know tell me what christmas was like when you were a kid and and in fact if you can dig it um uh, when hallie and i uh, uh, were doing premarital counseling that's actually one of the very first questions that the uh, the pastor is doing asked is what was christmas like for each of you as a kid really tell me about that let's get into that wow um stolen yeah yep, that just got stole <laughs> uh and uh you know and, and it was really really great and it was actually a really revealing thing it was, it was really good stuff and so it's a similar thing here you know tell me you know let's unpack this together let's explore yeah. this because this is the thing i can give sympathy and i want to give sympathy even if you don't have a point 
Yeah. Sympathy is for people yeah. who are hurting. It's not for people with points. That's right. And that's, that's right. something that we forget about a lot is, yeah. is that uh, sympathy isn't something you earn by making yeah. a, a compelling argument. Sympathy is something that we offer you just because we love you and you're hurting. That's, right. that's, that's it. Right. We are probably not going to change what we're doing on the basis of, of you not liking it. But this is the key thing. Um, it's not about the thing you dislike. For right. me, it's not right. about the Olympics. For this guy, it's not about Christmas. And therefore, this is why it's important. Since it's not about that, if we changed it, you wouldn't feel better. Right. That that's the key thing because you're you're hurting because of things that have happened to you in your past. If we want you to feel better, we have to address those things from your past. Mm-hmm. There, there's actually there's not uh, uh, canceling the Olympics would not make me feel better about the people who were jerks to me in my past. Right. Can, right. You know, being the Grinch and stealing Christmas would not make this guy feel better about the stuff that he's been through right. in his life. Right. So right. we want to give sympathy because we love, not because they have a point, and then we want to help them be able to move forward by addressing where this is coming from. Yeah. You're absolutely right. This is all really good stuff from all these guys. I want to close out with a, a, to a little bit of a side concept. If you have, if you're in a place where you know, we all have, where you have these feelings of, as kind of Glenn starts off with, with everybody else's kind of doing it wrong because they're chumps and I'm over here being awesome or you're dealing with someone in leadership. The, the thing about that is there's actually a verse in the, there's actually a part in the Bible that deals with this. And it's in first Corinthians eight. Paul's uh, talking to uh, somebody who has a question about eating food that's been sacrificed to idols. Yeah. And the thing he says is, since the idols aren't real, it doesn't matter. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> you eat whatever you want. That's right. This is the, that's the whole point. You can, it doesn't matter. Right. We're, we're leaving behind that kind of stuff, and we're, right. we're doing grace now. There's but, a little bit of logic in there. Yes, yeah. but it's important to point out that the exception to that, because this isn't actually about, Jed mentioning, this isn't about the thing, this is about the relationships and the repercussions, is if you're around people who would be super-duper freaked out by that because they're not as far along as you, it's on you as the stronger party Yes. To alter your behavior. Yes. To not freak them out. That's right. It is not on them as the younger, weaker in their faith to uh, buckle down and get on your level. Exactly. Because that's right. not what church is. Thank that's you. not what we're doing. Yes. Here. Yes. There's a weird idea in some churches and some church culture that the idea of uh, we're preaching to the top of the the understanding in the room, and we want right. the people who are the most fired up and the most, and that's who really church is for, and everybody else is just kind of a dross that's weighing us mm. down and. It's not a way to do church. It's not the way church is meant to be done. See the second half of the prodigal son story where the elder brother wasn't thrilled about the celebration we're having for the younger brother who had screwed up and is coming in and he's on the new and whatever. And we got a big party for him when we were doing good all along. Mm -hmm. So this is already something Jesus has already addressed directly. Absolutely right. And that gives us kind of another tool in this toolbox. A, when we're dealing with it ourselves, we can... As uh, we could do with, as Jesus does in that story, as Paul does here, where as the fellows have done, say, you probably have a point in there. That probably makes sense. It is dumb mm-hmm. that you have a delicious uh, lobster in front of you that, and because it got cooked in front of some piece of stone, you're not allowed to enjoy that. Right. You're the one making the sacrifice. This is wrong. This is asking mm-hmm. too much of you. But if you're the stronger one, then that's what we do. Right. That's so right. that so when we're all and we all go through moments of this where we think other people are. Uh, bummed us out by not being awesome like we are, we can have some sympathy, and it gives us another tool in the arsenal for when someone, if you're in a leadership position or a, a coordinating some position, and somebody comes to you with one of these ideas, if they're really concerned that they don't have a place to use their strength, mm. you can give them that by saying, well, it's exactly where Lee took us. You can flip this around by helping out the people who are behind you and do that, and if they're not interested in doing that, then they're just griping, and we can deal with right. it the way Jed gave us there. So it's all really, really good stuff. We're going to move to our second question here. It also came into our Tumblr box, and it says, 
So the Bible says, peace on earth and goodwill towards men. And Jesus says things like, my peace I leave you, peace I give to you. But he also says, do not suppose that I have come to bring peace, but a sword. So which is it? Did Jesus come to bring peace or didn't he? And Lee, watch kicks off on this one. He came to bring peace. Um, but here's the thing is, it's complex because the peace that Jesus came to bring us is on the other side of all these struggles that we have. Amen. Um, the, the peace that Jesus is promising to us is going to come after a lot of struggle, after a lot of uh, learning what humility feels like, after a lot of conquest over lies, over spiritual enemies, over uh, relationships that need to go. Um, Jesus talks about, he talks about how he, in the verse where he says, don't, don't think that I came to bring peace, but, but a sword and division. He, he says, uh, there's going to be people that are, that, that are going to be separated within their own families. Yeah. And, you know, this is a, that's a comforting, I, I'm so glad that Jesus said that because I have experienced that exact thing in my family. I, I know guys on this podcast have, have uh, experienced that exact same thing in their families too. People that are, they do not want to hear about what you're on with yeah. your Jesus thing. They or what they want to do is, oh, you're on the Jesus thing? Well, watch me use that against you to say, you have to put up with any of my misbehavior because you're the, you're the Christian now, so you just forgive everything. Yep. And so I can act however I want to, and you still have to show up at Thanksgiving or whatever, right. it is, you know, whatever the thing is. And the thing is, is as, you, as you walk with Jesus, you find out, he wants to bring me peace. But my natural state in my life is to have everything that goes against my peace because uh, my, my natural state is to is to operate in my own selfishness my natural state is to give in to every kind of relationship in my life that wants to take advantage of me that wants to manipulate me that wants to do all that kind of stuff and jesus wants to set me free from that stuff he wants to set me free from my own selfishness he wants to set me free from the manipulative voices in my life he wants to set me free from broken relationships and messed up bondages and all that kind of stuff. He wants to get rid of that. But what he has to, like, it, as he gets rid of that stuff, it's painful. It's difficult. It's hard. If you've never done it before, it's hard to stand up to a family member, uh, especially like a parent or somebody who raised you, and say to them, no, yep. that's over. Mm -hmm. We're not doing that anymore. And uh, you don't get to use my faith against me. You don't get to have this conversation with me. You don't have the place you formerly held in my life. I love you, but we're not doing this anymore. That is a painful thing. And the, the metaphor of Jesus saying, I, I came to bring a sword because of the division that I'm going to bring. If you follow me, it's going to cause you to be divided against certain people in your life and stuff like that. There could not be a better descriptor than the word sword. But here's the thing about that. As I move through those difficult conversations, those difficult things, overcoming my own selfishness and getting out of these manipulative relationships and stuff like that, I find a peace like I've never known before. As you, as you get to the other side of a struggle against selfishness, you find a, a new kind of peace that you could never have imagined before. As you get out of manipulative relationships, you find a new kind of peace. Jesus came to bring that. But the sword part is first. The division mm -hmm. part is first. We go mm -hmm. through struggle to get to the place 
that he wanted us to bring it to that he wanted to bring us to. Man. It's a really fantastic place to start this off. It's all very true. And Jay, I'd love to go to you on this because um, Lee makes a very important point there, and it's one that is indicative of answering this question, which is um, yes, the the verse here in Matthew that comes in Matthew ten about not coming to bring peace with a sword is not contradictory to the other concepts of uh, a, a supernatural, eternal kind of fruit of the spirit peace is like my peace I leave with you, or even the idea of peace on earth and. Mm-hmm. There will be peace eventually, but we're talking about here on some level is the path through that. And I don't think it's a massive coincidence that, as Lee pointed out, when he says that, he's sending out people to do ministry for the first time. Yes. So maybe part of the uh, the um, message here is don't go around thinking this is going to be super easy and everybody's going to think you're uh, awesome. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's worth pointing out that context again. Jesus is sending out his disciples to go do ministry. That's when he says, don't think I have come to bring peace but a sword. And specifically, uh, that's in the part of, here's what you do when people tell you to take your good news and cram it. Yeah, right. exactly right. Uh, this is, what I'm about to tell you will sound strange, I guarantee you it's true. If you get serious about serving, hurting people, you will find that conflict follows you. Yep. Yeah. Guaranteed. Yep. You can do a certain amount of stuff, and it's lovely, and it's fine, and people say, oh, it's neat. You know, I, I ran a 5K for the local food pantry. Good for you. Yeah. That must be so rewarding. Right. That's great. It's fine. Again, that's beautiful. There's nothing wrong with it. You cross a certain threshold, and people's basic response is, you think you're better than me? Yeah. Every time. Yeah. Guaranteed. Literal words people have said to Jed Brewer. I mean, seriously, dude. There's a quote. This is a Brazilian bishop. Amazing quote. named uh, The guy's name is Helder Camara. He's, you may have heard this before. He says, when I give food to the poor, they call me a saint. When I ask why they are poor, they call me a communist. Yeah. Truer words have never been spoken. If you get involved in being the hands and feet of Jesus um, in your community, you will find that people hate you. Mm. That's, uh, it's true every time, man. There's jealousy. It it begins with jealousy and then it devolves into just other stuff, but it it, it begins with, with jealousy. There's a power struggle there. And so part of what Jesus is saying is, this is a war. Mm-hmm. There is a prince of this world who does not want to relinquish control of it. Right. He will fight back. Right. Um, and, uh, and, and this is why it's important for us to know that our struggle is not against flesh and blood, right. but against That's principalities right. and powers. You know, I mean, this is a weird thing is we're in a war where uh, the foot soldiers don't realize they're soldiers in a war. Right. Uh, and right. so it's an odd thing to, as Lee is saying, and rightly so, to be very firm and very direct and have good boundaries, but to not hold things against people. You know, this is part of what Jesus says when he says, Father, forgive them, they don't know what they're doing, um, is when you enter into being the hands and feet of Jesus, you, you find that people are opposing you, and they're opposing you for reasons they don't fully understand. Um, that, and again, that they're, they're, they're being used in that. And so that's all the more reason in the midst of that inevitable and unavoidable conflict why you need that peace that passes all understanding, that internal peace that God gives us in our hearts to be able to deal with the conflict that inevitably goes along with following him and doing his work in the world. That's all very good stuff, and uh, Glenn, I'd love to get you to close us out here. I think what both of these guys have pointed to, and maybe worth putting a, a bit of a finer explanation on, is we may need to work on our definition of peace here. Yes, yeah, I think ultimately when you're talking about, uh, uh, there, there's a big difference between uh, you know uh, g- having peace in our relationship with God, peace in our hearts, and peace in our personal relationships with other people. Those are you know, two very different concepts, as, as these brothers have, have done a great job of pointing out. Um, here's the thing. Uh, we cannot make it a, a 
virtue and we cannot make it a spiritual goal to all get along. Yep. That's where we have problems. Understand, I came from a household where there's lots and lots of conflict, and I can't stand to be around conflict. You just you won't get me to be around for it. If if I'm over at your house and you're you're having a fight with somebody else in that house, you don't see me go out the back door. I've just had enough for life on yeah. that. Okay. So I get wanting to avoid conflict. I really, really do. Uh, and and I you you have all the sympathy for me in the world for that situation. But here's the deal: is that there is no peace in trying to get everybody to get along. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the more that we try and get everybody to get along, so that there would be something along the lines of peace. A, we're compromising everything. B, we're we're massively pissing off all the good people in that situation. We're also massively enabling all the people who are not acting too good right now. Uh, you're breaking down everything, and you, you're you're missing what God wants to see get done there. There is no peace in our personal relationships. I, I cannot count on other human beings in the way I can count on God. That's just an unrealistic expectation. So there's always going to be conflict in uh, in my relationships with other people it might be big might be small maybe rare whatever you want to minimize that of course sure. so that's that's uh, that's a, a, a good effort and smart effort but it it there is no perfect peace to that at all we only have that in our communion with god here's the thing uh it, 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 and, and let me button it with this you will be tested by god on your willingness to rock the boat Yep. Mm-hmm. That's part of what Jesus is saying there. Every pastor that I've known and worked with, and I've known and worked with a lot, okay, they've all had a moment or two or five or ten in their career where they faced a situation where uh, it was exactly as Lee was saying, where you have to tell this person, no, you are on something wrong. No, you don't get this. It's not going to happen this way. No, I know you're going to be mad. I know you're going to try and have my job. I know it's going to be a thing, but no, just no. There's that a defining right. moment that it happens uh, for pastors. I think it happens to, to a lot of the rest of us in, in our lives. And it's that boat rocking moment. Do, am I going to rock the boat? Am I going to be that kind of person? Am I going to be prepared to take a stand for what I know is right, even though I know it will cause a certain amount of consternation and griping and complaining and whatever. You have to be clear on how you're going to act in that moment before you get to that moment. That's, that's, uh, and, and if you can dig what I'm saying, you have to have peace from God rather than trying to get peace from these people yes. because there's no peace to be had there. That's right. Yeah. I think that really does get to the heart of this. There, there are types of peace that are attainable uh, in this life and types that aren't. I think there's, mm-hmm. It may be a, a bit far afield to logic, but I don't think it's coincidence that the, the sword analogy is in there, considering the other main thing Jesus says about the sword is people who live by it will die by it. I don't think right. this means you're supposed to be looking for conflict. I think he's basically saying this, I did not come into your life and give you a mission so that everyone would think it's awesome and get on board. I yeah. Right. For things for you to do, there's an inherent fault to that. Now, it won't always be that way. Another There's pretty prominent Bible verse about eventually everybody's going to put their swords away and we won't have to do this anymore. But for now, part of living in a fallen world is there's no such, as you're saying, there's no such thing as just everybody agreeing Mm -hmm. on everything. Mm -hmm. So that 
drives any all the more the need for that supernatural peace, mm-hmm. the need to uh, get peace where we can find it, mm-hmm. and the good relationships and all that stuff. And none of that, but none of that. It's it's a weird idea to hear a such a stark statement from uh, yeah. someone who we're in Christmas described as Prince of Peace, saying, "Oh, I didn't come for peace, y'all." Mm-hmm. But yeah. when we kind of run up against those things. Um, the, the person phrases the, the question in a, a very specific way that a lot of people uh, think of these things, which is, which is it? And uh, the very uh, oftentimes frustrating answer is a little bit of both. Yeah. But the way we can look at that is, is there a very specific instance in which the one statement happens, which is there, which there is, sending people out to tell people who've never heard of this before, this for the first time, and what to expect? How does that fit into the overall way Jesus talks about peace? I think these three guys did a great job laying that out. So we're going to move on to our next question. It comes in comes into our email address, and it says, Hey there, you guys have helped me get through my last breakup, and now it's on to the next. I spent the last few months with someone, and we saw each other nearly every day. It wasn't a relationship I expected to be long-term, but we broke up the other day, and it's hitting me a lot harder than I thought it would. I'm not so much upset about being not being with them anymore. That sucks, but I know it's a transition. I'm more upset about how quickly they ended things. It hurts my feelings that someone can spend that much time with me and then be done so easily. That's the part I'm hung up on, and any, any advice you guys have on how I can move forward would be greatly appreciated. And Jed, can you kick us off on this? I can. I'm really sorry, and I'm sorry you're hurting, and I'm sorry for what you're experiencing, and um, we're praying for you. We, we've got your back. I think part of the reason that it hurts is that it sends the message to you. His behavior, I mean, sends the message to you. You didn't mean anything to me. Because uh, uh, if I can just snap my fingers and I'm, and I'm done, then it, this just wasn't that important to me and you weren't that important to me. Right. There, it, it, in truth, there's no way to know whether or not he's intending to send that message. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's uh, you know, a, a lot of factors in the way that people handle this kind of thing. But that message is, is kind of being sent regardless whether he intends it to or not. But the key thing is, what do we do about that? And, and that, the thing we should do is resolve, I'm going to find a person who sees me and knows what I'm worth. Right. Mm-hmm. I want to say that again, because I really want you to think about that. I'm going to find a person who sees me and knows what I'm worth. Here's why that matters. You can't have a successful long-term relationship with someone where the two of you disagree about your value. Right. There's just no way for that to work. Right. Um, uh, either you're going to break up or one of you is going to change your view about what you're worth. Mm-hmm. There's, there's just no way around that. You would think if I'm awesome, other people should be able to see that and recognize it. And perhaps they should, but they don't. That's, in fact, you have to have an eye to see things. They, they, they say beauty is in the eye of the beholder, but that's only partly true. It's more that value is in the eye of the observant is actually what's, what's accurate. Mm-hmm. I'll give an example. Um, I'm a little bit of a sneaker nerd. Uh, because I like things that are cool. And uh, Nike released this amazing pair of sneakers in the last year. Super cool, amazing design. Sold out instantly. As soon as they sold out, they're trading on eBay for like $2,000 a pair, which is insane and just fun to watch as a pastime. Right. Um, there's a discount retailer here in the U.S. It's the kind of place you go to buy Hanes underwear on sale mm. that in the last two weeks have mysteriously been selling this pair of shoes for like $40. 
Okay. They they have no idea what they are. They're just it's on the clearance rack, you know. Okay. You, you know Nike is Nike, and here right. you go, and that'll that'll be forty dollars. And so you've had people who are into this stuff, and they know what they're looking at. Instagramming this literally two thousand dollar pair of shoes they just bought for forty bucks. Okay. Right. Yeah. And it's it's a whole thing, and it's you know, and it's it's fun and it's interesting. But in in a sense, that's actually kind of your life. You need to find someone that gets that you are the two thousand dollar pair of shoes. Right. Because that's actually the only person that deserves to be with you. That's right. Someone looks at you and says, ah, you're, you're as good as anybody else. It's, right, it's, right, it's right. pretty much all just variations on the same thing. They don't get to have you. That's right. N- nor, nor should they. But here's the key thing. And this is going to sound unchristian, but I want you to hear me go with me for a second. For you to find a person who sees what you're worth and values it, you have to know what you're yeah. worth. Yeah. It has to start with you. Amen. And one of the reasons I, this hurts because he's sending this message, you weren't that important to me. But the second reason it hurts is you wonder maybe he's right. Mm-hmm. Maybe mm-hmm. I'm not that important. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing we've got to go after. If there's one thing that we could decide to really redeem this experience, it would be to say, I'm getting with my Savior, I'm getting with my pastor, and I'm getting with friends I trust, and I'm figuring out what I'm worth. Amen. Right, I'm figuring right. out the value that I have to my Lord and the value I have to my loved ones. And I'm not, I'm not giving the time of day to a romantic suitor that isn't valuing me in that ballpark. Right, I'm not right. going to play with that. I'm not going to waste my time with that. And I think what you'll find, you might be scared and say, yeah, but could I ever find someone like that? Magically, around the time you figure out what you're worth, that person will appear in your life right, right. and will know what you're worth and, and, and will seek you out on that basis. Investigate what you're worth to God. Investigate who you really are to him. And don't let anybody say short on that. We love you and we believe in you. Amen. Judd started off on a very strong point there, Glenn. I'd love you to get to pick up on it. There's, there's the, and our friend points out in the question, there's what happened, which right. breakups is breakups. That's, right, you know, right, right. Uh, almost all relationships end in breakups. The other yes. ones uh, end with someone's spouse dying. So right, there's really right, no right. good way for this to end. Right, um, right. But then there's the interpretation. Yes. Which there is the interpretation of what the other person was thinking, but then the interpretation of what does this mean about me yeah. going forward. Yes. Which that, may be an important place to start. That's right. I mean, uh, as Jed is rightly pointing out, uh, the nature of this relationship is affected by, uh, inevitably by, uh, whether this person sees what you bring to the table and um, and values that and appreciates it. You're absolutely right on that, but even uh, on even folding into that, it could be uh, contingent on uh, this person going through stuff in their personal life. Right. This person just going through a weird time. This person right. meeting somebody else. Is, there's a lot of factors here that actually don't have anything to do with you or your work. That, that's a thing. The, 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 uh, the breakup has to be kind of seen through that lens. Mm-hmm. You know, someone who... Uh, and and in, in some cases, they may have problems that don't allow them to see mm-hmm. what it is that you bring to the table. That doesn't mean that you bring less to the table, of nope. course. And it doesn't mean necessarily that there's something bad about that other person. You know, they may come by those problems honestly. Right. But it's it's about recognizing that uh, that the the relationship may have not have been able to move forward, as Joe's pointing out, because of a lack of uh, understanding what this person is bringing to the table. But breakups really in almost all cases, are down to, I think, your neato, to whatever extent. Sure. Sure. Maybe not enough, but, you know, uh, I think you're neato. But the relationship is not going to work. 
Yeah, there, right. there's kind of a third entity that is the relationship. Right. Yeah. That is not person A or person B. That's right. And and this is this is the part that that, that is poorly understood. In other words, uh, it, it, there have been many people that I dated that were wonderful people mm. that I I thought were amazing, and they thought I was neato, probably. You sure. Know, who, uh, you know, I have my moments, but it just. Our personalities graded on each other, or we were long distance, or we were something to where it was like, you know what, this is just not working, and you had to acknowledge that that isn't them, and it isn't me. There isn't, you know, this isn't uh, whatever. So we have to get out of this idea that all breakups mean something about you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Uh, the the maybe the lack of health in the relationship is just saying has uh, to do with that other person's understanding and appreciation, but I think there's also a myth, and this is kind of part of the busted uh, Christian dating scenario here, where we think of uh, uh, all attraction should be exclusive, mm-hmm. and that is kind of not even that's not how that works. Yep, you're attracted to a lot of people. You will be throughout the course of your life. That doesn't mean that you are poor at relationships or whatever. If this guy was attracted to you at one point, he's attracted to somebody else at another point. That does not speak to your value. This is this is not how this goes. The 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 thing that speaks to your value is whether that person is prepared to invest in a yeah. relationship with you and put in the work. That's that's where that it may not be glamorous, but that's an expression of the value. Is just saying that 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 I see in you and in the potential of this relationship. So that's what you see. That's what you think of when you see that guy doing. He wasn't prepared to put in the work. Yeah. Therefore, he's just not really worthy, and so that's okay. And you don't get to have me. You, you don't get to have me. Is exactly as Jed is saying. So, I think there's a, 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 a I don't know, think a good way of saying this, but the 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 idea that uh, you can't say that this is a statement about you. Mm-hmm. It may be a statement about the relationship. It yes. might be a statement about uh, his willingness to commit and so forth. Uh, but you can't take it as a statement on you because uh, ultimately it's about committing to to someone you're already attracted to and you already think is amazing and, and committing to making that relationship work. That's what we found out in this breakup. Absolutely right. I think what you're saying there's spot on that it's, of, of the three things this could be a statement on him, the relationship, you, it's far least likely for it to be a statement on you. That's right, yeah. And far more likely to be, as we kind of talk about in other situations, uh, the decisions people make to behave towards you is far more indicative of something about them because they are That's the one right. making a decision. You have had a decision made at you. It'd be It's hard for that to say too much about you. As you're pointing right. out, there, we get into patterns and this, that, and the other, and That'd be something else. Leo, let me get you to cap this off on this, but explain this a little more. I think, Lee, you have a very um, interesting and unique uh, view on this as far as uh, knowing a lot of kind of young people through their uh, high school and college years and seeing some of these dynamics we're talking about of, you know, person X is great and person Y is great, but they met when they were too young and it didn't work out. Or this dude was kind of a jerk to this girl, but he got, he's met this other girl who he was really into and she was really good for him. And that supercharged it. So from kind of that kind of bird's eye view, what kind of narratives do we have about the way relationships end and uh, the way a series of relationships can end that can tell us, what do they tell us about ourselves? What do they tell us about the other person? What do they just tell us about relationships? Well, I think, I think, exactly where you guys are, are laying this out is exactly right. And 
one thing you were saying earlier, I don't think very many people pay attention to the just the truth of it, not not even the wisdom of it, but just the the objective truth of the fact that almost every relationship ends in a breakup. And and it's, the thing it's is, well, in the ninety ninth percentile. Yeah, I mean, the the deal is, is that when you when you get into this dating relationship, when everything kicks off, the idea is we we have the butterflies, we have the excitement. There's all mm. the I'm going to tell my friends about it, and we're going to go hang out, and then you know he. We both like that one TV show that's won a thousand Emmys, so probably a lot of people like it. <laughs> right. But you know, yeah. but we're both really excited about that right now. Yeah. We both, yeah. you know, what? What are the odds? We both like Parks and Rec. <laughs> you know, um, we're soulmates, we're super, younger soulmates. <laughs> we're super excited about that at first, and then and then the thing ends. And one of the things that 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 I want to look at, which it goes back to something that Jeb was talking about on a previous question. Jeb was talking about the fact that. That in this life, that we wage war against principalities and powers, we have like a spiritual battle that we're fighting. Like un- we have unseen enemies, which the the thing about that that's that's kind of a weird thing about our faith. But the thing the thing that we don't kind of factor into most of the stuff that happens to us is that not all of the thoughts I have originate with me. Mm-hmm. Right, and and that's that's a trippy deal, man. That's a that's a trippy piece of our faith that like. Because I have a spiritual battle, not everything that I think started in my brain. Yeah. Not everything I think started in my heart, in my mind. Uh, like, I, I am being suggested things. And if I'm not on my toes, and if I don't get some reps at taking the, you know, interpretation by the horns, uh, you know, like, what these guys are saying, like, okay, you've had a breakup— that's it's sad and it sucks and you have to kind of mourn through that and work through that and deal with it but you have to you have to decide what that means and if i don't get some reps at taking interpretation in hand then here's what's going to happen with that you have an enemy who is more than happy to interpret that for you uh you know why he broke up with you he broke up with you because you suck and we are so happy to listen to that kind of stuff and we're so happy to take that in and to believe that. And that just seems like it makes more sense than anything else. You know why you're alone? Because you deserve to be alone. And it's like, man, that is, not only is that not true, it's mean. Yeah. It's just flat mm-hmm. out mean. And that's the whole thing about our spiritual battle is that we have to stay on our toes so we don't believe stuff that not just is untrue, but it's flat out mean. I mean, that's just mean spirited to suggest that kind of stuff to somebody. But that doesn't start with you. That starts without. That's other. And the thing is, is that when this kind of stuff happens, we have to be on our toes to look at it the way that Jeb was talking about, the way that Glenn was talking about. That's why the Apostle Paul talks about taking every thought captive and making them obedient to Christ. Okay, we had a breakup. As, as Glenn was saying, you know, you're cool. I'm cool. But the, the the mix of us, just the chemistry wasn't right. So we just yeah. didn't work out after a while. We had some fun. We both like Parks and Rec, and that's chill and everything. But after a while, we realized this isn't really going anywhere. But that doesn't mean I'm a loser that's never going to end up with somebody. It doesn't mean that. Right. Because I am precious. Jesus made me this way because he likes me. He made my body type. He made my laugh. He made my interests, my personality. He crafted me this way. In fact, Psalm 139 says, He has more thoughts about me than there are grains of sand in the world. 
And um, that's because he thinks I'm that interesting and that cool and that amazing. The world wouldn't be the world unless I was in it. And I have to see myself that way. And I got to get reps of appreciating my own worth, the, the actual truth of who I am. Because if I don't interpret things in a true way, if I don't take that, that bull by the horns, then I've got an enemy that is more than glad to interpret stuff for me and mm-hmm. suggest things to me. And not just untrue lies, but mean-spirited crap, man. And that yeah. stuff will take you down. And that's where Jed is exactly right, in that we have to get help with this. You got to get reps and you got to get help. You got to get mm-hmm. resources. You got to get you got to get friends who can help you remember who you are. All that kind of stuff. If you don't interpret it, you've got an enemy that will interpret it and you don't want him interpreting <laughs> anything that happens to you. Say that. Yeah, Cuz it's lies that. and it's mean. So we've got to yeah. get good at that. We've got to get good at Okay, something terrible happened to me. Okay, fine. I'm I, that sucks and I hate the way this feels, but I know who I am. And if I've forgotten who I am, I'm going to get my people around me who can remind me who I am. Amen. That is all very, very good stuff. And I think it's a point that's worth pointing out uh, in this particular situation about exactly what Lee's talking about there, about kind of uh, the enemy getting in there and running away with an interpretation of something. A good indicator for when you may be uh, falling prey to that is when we're in a situation like this where a a small or mundane thing— uh, fits your worst fear about yourself as a narrative. Mm-hmm. If you can, as we point out, you know everybody goes through a lot of breakups. Uh, if, think, if you look at, I think it'll be the the last Bridge Loud episode that went out. I think it'll be the one going up in the podcast this Friday. Uh, uh, at least three of us here in Chicago have been through some uh, many and hilarious breakups. Absolutely, we talked about that on our radio yeah. show there. But so that happens to everyone. Um, but when that kind of thing that happens to everyone, and you mentioned the question you've been through before. If you hear, have a moment like, that probably means no one will ever love you because you're the worst. That's an indication of, okay, this is something that's trying real hard to blossom into a lot more than it is. And that is, it can be a huge red flag to, as Lee is talking about, t- work on taking that captive, really look at it. When you take that kind of thing, of the, the emotional response to this feels way, way out of whack. Right. And there are some deep big narratives that are trying to run out of this very isolated instant. That's a good indication of I need to, I need to take a deeper look at what might be going on here. Mm-hmm. And if you have a question for us, you can reach us at say that podcast at gmail.com or the bridge Chicago.tumblr.com. We're going to take out the song this week. We've got a little bit of the Christmas season left. We're going to take Ooh. out with uh, one of our bridge box Christmas favorites. This is uh, brother Lee with his version of the hymn. I heard the bells on Christmas day. Great tune. Lee did a great job with him. We're going to take out that. Thanks for listening. Just remember, we love you. God loves you. There's nothing to do about it. To say that podcast where one out of four co-hosts now has upgraded moisture wicking apparel. <laughs> <laughs>